What's up, Spell Singers? My name is Gary and John Wells. I'm Drew Flitton. And I'm Corey Janabagian. And this is Untap, Upkeep, Drink. Beer up. Today we're going to continue our mini-sode series on how to play Magic the Gathering. With me, as always, I've got Corey and Drew. What's going on, boys? What up, what up? How are you doing, guys? Today we're going to talk about the stack and priority. But before we get into that, I've got a special surprise for Gary, and I've kind of hinted at it throughout the day that we've been hanging out. We've been here for six hours, and he's been dragging me along the <laughs> string. I'm ready. So a few months ago, you introduced me to a specific beer. One of your favorites or no? It's It's been top up there. It's pretty fucking good. So that was the Organic Chocolate Stout yeah. from Samuel Smith. Oh, yeah. From Samuel Smith's. You also, previously to that, I believe, introduced me to another beer. And that was... Another Samuel Smith. Also Samuel Smith's, the Organic Raspberry. This is a handcrafted fruit ale. I've and what did you say so at the time? Happy. So I drank the chocolate first. Drank the whole thing. I actually drank it with my mom. We were both sitting down for a stout, and we thought, you know what, this one sounds great. Sounds drank like a it. bonding experience. Oh, yeah. We were having a great time. We were watching a football game. It was all good. Then we drank the raspberry one sometime after during the you know end portion of the game, and we thought, you know, those two were both delicious, but they both would be so good together. Well, Ooh. surprise, surprise. We got both of them here. So- before we do this, I do want to give a shout out to Trevor over at Tap and Phil, who has broadened my horizons. And by that, I mean that generally I'm someone who, when I get a nice whiskey or a nice beer or something like that, you drink it as the brewer or as the distillery has intended, which is to drink it as is. But Trevor has always been an experimental scientist, as it were, when it comes to beer, mixing and matching, and has introduced me to a variety of beers and beer combinations that I would have never tried on my own. So... It seems like it's a pretty taboo thing for a lot of people to mix beers specifically. I think there's a lot of good things you can do, but I think there's even more bad things. I think it's really hard to mess up. I think it's really easy to mess up. Yeah, that, that's what I meant. <laughs> but now, you've had both of these, though, right? I've had both of these, and they both were fantastic. They the seem like organic mix, chocolate right? stout was basically <laughs> like chocolate milk for adults. It, it, uh, the best way that I can explain it is it's like a cake batter. With no, with very little sugar. You know what I mean? It's not that chocolate milk you get as a kid where you dump the Hershey's in there, but it's all cocoa, all rich. And dear God, it's so good. The raspberry ale was fantastic. Just a nice, strong, fruity flavor with just light beer components. Not like super hoppy, not malty, just a very, very flavorful beer. Yeah, it's important to note that this is a raspberry ale. It's a raspberry fruit ale, not a raspberry sour. Right. Which Definitely I think important. could make or break this experiment. <laughs> uh, you want to crack them open? You ready to go? Yeah. So I'm so stoked. For see, this I haven't eat, tried get, either of these beers. So I've never had so a beer. First thing we're going to do, well, then I'll give you a little, we should give you a little we'll sippies, give Corey yeah. a taste so that he knows where we're coming from. Okay, we're going in. Raspberry ale. Smells like a wine. Looks like a wine. Kind of a dark maroon red. Oh my god! <laughs> it's up there on my beer list. It does not taste like wine. 
No. It tastes like a raspberry. <laughs> See, like, you don't even, I don't even taste any alcohol. Like it's just Yeah, there, there were a couple different raspberry ales that we tried that night. We bought like four different beers and shared it between three of us to kind of try some stuff out. This one stuck out to me because it doesn't taste like raspberry flavoring. It tastes like it a tastes bowl full of raspberries. Just like eating raspberries yeah. with a little bit of carbonation. Oh yet gosh. all that tartness. Ooh, yeah. This yeah. is good. It's fantastic. Ooh, this is dangerous. <laughs> all right. Gary, hand me another glass. Yep, here's another one here. So I'm going to pour this real quick, and I want you to just smell it at first. Okay, so this is the chocolate. Yep. And again, they're both Sam. Give you about Samuel Smith. Just give her a nice smell. Oh, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what you guys can't see is just the smile that Corey just immediately. So this takes. looks like chocolate. It smells like an actual chocolate bar. <laughs> I'm going in. This does just taste like chocolate milk. It's very good. <laughs> How did they do this? Samuel this is, Smith this really kicks a man. Magic. Series, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, with the power of movie magic, and by that I mean Garyan editing and post, thank you very much, we're going to mix and match. All right. So, the first taste here is going to be a 50 50 mix of the chocolate stout and the raspberry ale. Garyan, you are the person that inspired this. Dive in. Is it everything you wanted? <laughs> okay, I'm going. <laughs> oh, my God. So, you know you know those chocolate oranges that they make? And they make the raspberry kind? The raspberry sticks? It's exactly that, yeah. like Holy that. Shit. This is yeah. a game changer. Oh, this my is, God. <laughs> this is legitimately everything I wanted out of this beer. Yeah, this is exactly what I thought it would be when I went, shit, those would go together. <laughs> to be fair, I did not know how this was going to turn out. Well, yeah, honestly, when I made this suggestion, I thought, oh, God, that'd be so good. They taste like they taste like they should go together. But almost everybody that I told it to, don't mix beers. Don't do it. It's so yeah. gross. Don't mix beers, you know? So there These were a lot, a lot of people telling me never to try this. I'm going to go out on a limb here, put it on the podcast. Y'all should try it because this is good. This is too good. Damn. I will say it's really rich. So uh, I would consider this more of a dessert type of thing. Oh, I consider both of these beers dessert beers anyway. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. These are incredibly sweet and rich. And, but they're so damn good. All right, Gary. Would you say that this has lived up to the hype? Is this everything you ever wanted? Is this the desired outcome? Truly, I, I know it sometimes can sound like you're overhyping things because we're on a show, we're doing... This is top... Tier one fucking beers. This is <laughs> super good. I really, really like it. And these two probably would make my top 10 beers by themselves, but I think the mix has to make the list too. Like, it's that good. Um, chocolatey, fruity, rich, super sweet. It's everything that Garyan wants in a yeah. beer. Honestly. Good God, yeah. By the sounds of it, like, if Garyan were to list off things he wants in a beer, I mean, sugary, sweet, fruity, and if you can give some sort of essence to the... To the sweetness, you know, like he's he likes some of the stouts that I brought on. So, chocolatey is kind of the the modem. Yeah, when it moves, when the stouty kind of beers move more towards the chocolate and a little more away from the coffee kind of flavors, that's really where it hits the spot for me. So, this chocolate stout has always been number one as far as like <laughs> those stouts go. The dark beers for you. Good God, this is delicious. I'm having a great time. I mean, I didn't even know. I had zero yeah, expectations. Corey did not know and, what was going oh on. Oh, my God. <laughs> so he got to try not just one, not two, but in fact, three new beers. Yeah, that's true. 
Well, this I'm, is one hell of an episode for you. I'm glad yeah. this... Oh, God. <laughs> I'm glad that I was able to, to bring this experience to both of you. Personally, I'm enjoying myself because this chocolate stout was, like, honestly, like, maybe top five beers for me. Like, it's it's up there. This was an incredible beer on its own. And the, the ras- raspberry is my favorite fruit. And to, to put it in a beer in a way that you actually taste the fruit rather than, like, the fruit essence, as it were. Like, yeah. kind of like a hint of the fruit. Is is impressive in and of itself, but damn, it's a good beer on its own. Yeah, and a lot of two together. A lot of beers taste like beer with a little bit of raspberry, right? But this tastes like raspberry <laughs> and no beer. Malt. It's just yeah. raspberry. Yeah. It's so good. It's yeah. just flavor. All well, right, guys. Now, unfortunately, we do have to get back <laughs> yeah. to the what. Episode. So, I guess we'll talk about the stack and priority. So, first off, we got priority. So, what I will say as a disclaimer for this episode is that this understanding the stack and priority is like the first level up moment that you get as a magic player. When you go from the basics of, hey, I know how to attack, I know how to cast things, and then you start realizing how things actually play sequentially yeah, and learning how to best manipulate your cards and spells to fit that order, that's when you start becoming a magic player. Yeah, learning when to respond, when not to respond. Learning just how to sequence. Yeah, it's, it's it's still it's a, really hard. Yeah, like even for advanced magic players, there's a lot of decks that <coughs> rely so much on these principles of magic that they're just parts that you have to learn and knowing them makes you just a significantly better player. Yep. So first one we're going to talk about is priority. So what is priority? In essence, priority is when, and we and we use turns as, you know, it's my turn and then Drew's turn and then Corey's turn. It's sort of turns within the turns. It's when a specific player is allowed to cast their spells. It's when they're allowed to act. Right. And that's, that's kind of the essence of it is that it's when you're allowed to play spells. Yep. And so priority starts when the active player, and that's the player whose turn it is, gets priority. So this is a specific timing in turn sequence. Uh, so during the turn structure, there's specific moments when an active player will gain priority. Um, oftentimes it happens after something happens, and then they gain priority, whether it's a, an activated trigger or something along those lines. So the active player will get priority, and then after they have passed priority or after they have taken action, then priority moves. So so this was literally something we had to look up today because the priority is so specific. We, when we talk about when does priority happen, uh, even us experienced Magic players weren't totally in a consensus. So when you have your first untapped step, like we were talking about earlier before the episode, there is no priority. Right, so it's not until the beginning of your upkeep that the very first priority even exists. During the upkeep phase is when priority becomes a thing, and it's for the active player. And isn't that only when there's an upkeep trigger, or is it just that's when you can? Play that a is spell? the first time that priority will happen, and if, you can only play or activate uh, instant speed spells or abilities. If there's an upkeep trigger or just... If there... Like, when when you receive priority. So, priority... The first priority received is actually during your upkeep at the end of your upkeep before your draw step. Okay. With or without triggers. That's yeah. just when that you is, first That is just, receive. like, the first time. That's but with when triggers, I can start going. With triggers, like, there's innumerable moments when uh, priority can be obtained. But the first 
actual moment in a turn is during the end of your upkeep. Gotcha. And in essence, what that means is that during your untap step, you cannot cast spells, whether they are instant speed or not. You don't have priority, and thus you don't have the ability to cast your spells. Right. Uh, so priority lasts until a player plays a spells or activates an ability, and or until a player passes priority. So if we make a an assumption here that I am the active player, it's my turn, and I receive priority, and I don't do anything, then that passes to Garion. And then if he doesn't do anything, that passes to Corey. But if anyone takes an action, then priority returns to the active player, and then I can act upon their action. And then goes around and then again. Goes around. And so basically priority lasts until all players pass priority. And then the next step or phase continues. Which is why I said it's sort of like turns within a turn, because this none of passing this priority ends a turn. It's only within that phase. Yeah. So priority can be passed around during a phase, and then the next phase starts, and again you go back to passing that priority. Right. And so the reason why this idea is so important is because after playing a spell, a player may hold priority, and after a player holds priority, this allows them to continue casting spells in response to their own spells. So, this so is a player, in essence, if I cast a spell and someone wants to cast an instant, I can cast an instant first in response to my spell because I still have priority. Correct. Until I pass that priority. Yeah. Um, so this is a, a crucial part of a lot of combo decks because the player receives priority after their own spell is put on the stack, which allows them to respond to that spell or ability, which allows them to continue their combo until, you know, essentially they've finished with their combo. So often you will hear a player say, any responses? That is often them passing priority in order to allow other players to act upon what they've done. Otherwise, their spell is going to resolve, and if nobody has a response, that's essentially saying that they pass priority and that they allow the spell to resolve. Yeah, I think most of the time you'll play a spell, you'll say any responses, nobody will say anything, and then it just goes. It's not like... I'm going to pass my priority, and then Drew's going to say, I pass his my priority, and then Garen's going to say, I pass my priority. Right. It's just all of that no responses, is, nothing, keep going. Yeah, it all sort of happens underneath, like, the veil of any response. Yeah. No, that's me passing priority all the way through all of the players and them coming back to me saying, none of us did anything advanced so to your yeah, next phase. This, uh, the spell resolves, yeah. then it goes. Right. So as Gary said, the person who follows in turn order will receive priority after priority is passed, and that will continue just until all players have passed priority, and then the spell or ability will resolve. So as long as a player has priority, they may play an appropriate spell, activate an ability, or pass priority. Those are the actions that they're allowed to take. So when we say an appropriate spell, this basically means instant speed spells, anything with flash, and we'll get into that later, and abilities. Most abilities are activated at instant speed. Activated abilities are abilities that are at instant speed most of the time, unless otherwise dictated. And these are usually you pay a cost and then do a thing, and it goes on the stack. So you can respond with those. And these are on a card that you already have on the board versus a card that you have in your hand that you could play. Right. And as Corey said, those are primarily going to be instant spells and spells with flash. Yeah. These are just things to keep track of when, you, when you're trying to respond. You can't respond to an instant speed with a sorcery. Right. It has to be something that can be played at instant speed. Yeah. So that is the general concept of priority. The next part of this is the stack. So 
to to give you the TLDR, too long, didn't read. For the stack, it is first in, last out. So if you're a programmer or someone who understands coding, you understand what I'm talking about there. Um, but let's give you some examples real quick. So first example I have is counterspells. So counterspells need to be played after the spell they targeted, but they will resolve first. So if Corey plays a creature, and I don't want that creature to come onto the battlefield, I can play a counterspell. That counterspell will go on top of the stack after the creature has gone on the stack. So it'll be the first spell to resolve from the stack. And its ability will happen, stopping the creature from happening. Yeah, as an old school magic player, we did not have the stack. And so when you think about it from a logistic standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. If you cast a creature, or, or I, I guess if you cast a counter spell first and it's on the stack... It's not affecting anything. There's nothing there for it to counter. Yeah, there is right? no target. There has to be a target. And so when you when you start literally stacking these things, there's a creature, and then the counterspell is on there, and the counterspell has to see something on the stack in order to be able to counter it. And once you sort of wrap your head around that type of, uh, like, a visual aid, it starts to make a whole lot more sense, and then you realize wow, this is definitely the best way that it could be done. Yeah, if you think of it as a literal stack, you're playing a spell, it goes onto the stack, and then people can respond with their spells or abilities that go on top of that. And then more abilities can keep going on and on and on. And then whatever's on top is going to go first, and it's just going to go straight down and resolve, and everything's going to be figured out. Right. Yeah, and it so, can get really convoluted. Yeah. But, but, it, but if you, you know, if Corey plays a creature and I play a counterspell, my counterspell sees his creature, but Corey could then play a counterspell, which sees my counterspell. So he counters my counter before my counter acts. And so you use the stack in order to manipulate what spells get to get to resolve, basically. Right. So for a second example, uh, I have here sacrifice outlets that are used in response to removal. So let's say that Corey casts Path of Exile on my Eternal Witness, but I have Ashnod's Altar out. So in order to stop Corey from getting the benefit that he wants, I need to sack Eternal Witness before it is exiled by Path. So in order to do that, I need to sacrifice Eternal Witness. And so that sacrifice effect goes on the stack before Path of Exile with. So in essence, I will then gain two mana, and Corey's removal spell will then fizzle because it has no legal target because the effect of Ashnod's Altar has already resolved. Yeah, so if you think of it, Eternal Witness is chilling, and then I play Path of Exile, so that is on the stack. Drew's going to respond and put his sack trigger on the stack. So his resolves first because it's on top. Right, so the so, cost that I pay is to sacrifice the creature. And so the, the result goes that, to the graveyard. Yeah, so his yeah. creature dies. He gets two mana from sacking it. And then mine goes, or mine resolves, but it doesn't have a legal target because there's no eternal witness anymore. And so it just goes away. It fizzles. Right. And another thing to think about is, like Drew was saying in, in that example, not only is he trying to reap a benefit of getting two mana, but he also gets to have a creature in his graveyard where he could potentially manipulate it later instead of it being literally in exile, which yeah. means it's gone from the game. And so those are the types of things you're thinking about when you're learning how to manipulate the stack. What is best for you and how best to get yeah. that to happen? When do you want to respond? Do you want to sacrifice a guy or is it okay for him to get exiled and stuff like this? And right. Do you want to keep that mana up for something else or do you need to respond to this spell right now? Right, so another thing I want to talk about is that while things are on the stack, you can respond to them in 
you can respond to them in sequential order. So what I mean by that is if there are four abilities or spells on the stack, two of those could resolve before you activate another ability or cast another spell to manipulate what's already on the stack. So the stack is an ever-evolving thing that you can still interact with so long as there's not split-second cards in the mix. Right. When you think of instant speed, it literally is at any instant. So you could have those things stack up and all these things start to happen and the stack starts to empty. And then you decide, okay, at this point, that's the instant that I want to activate my ability. Right. So think back to the priority that we were just talking about. When spells resolve, players then will get priority afterwards. So it is at that time that you can interact with the stack as it is in the current state. Yeah, so priority is almost like a turn stack within the stack. Yeah, it's basically... One thing resolves, we pass priority to everybody. Everything goes onto the stack, and then we pass priority so everyone can put more things on the stack, and then we pass priority again so people get more and more things on the stack. And then it'll just And then each time something resolves, (laughs) you pass priority saying, do you want to respond to that resolving? Yeah, and then... Yep. So it can get complicated, but it's it's pretty easy to understand in the essence that it's first in, last out. Yep. Yeah. And so the, the last point we're going to make here is that there are special cards that stop the stack as it, as it is. And those are the split-second cards. So these are rare coronary case cards, but they're very relevant to this discussion. So split-second cards are cast at instant speed, but stop anyone from casting another spell or activating non-mana abilities and putting them on the stack. So it's so, basically like a, a, a block of the stack. Right. Yeah, Once so it hits the stack, nothing else yeah, can happen. Yeah, this is the well, top of the stack. You can't put anything else on the stack. Yeah. Almost. Triggered abilities resulting from casting cards a split second will still trigger and go onto the stack, but it's rare that, you know, like that sort of interaction is actually going to happen. So as an example, uh, whenever a player casts an instant or sorcery, because split second cards are instants, that ability will still go onto the stack. And... Players will still get priority, so they can activate the mana abilities or perform special actions. And the example I have here is for uh, being able to flip a morph creature. Morph. <laughs> so there are a very select few special actions in the game, and the morph is the most common one since Cons of Trekkir block came out. That, and that's still a mana. No. You still have to pay mana morph is, it, to you, flip them, you right? You pay mana. But it's not an activated ability. It's this weird thing. It doesn't use a stack. It is literally it's, called a special action. Yeah, right. It, it's just happens. And that's really the only reason it's not affected by split-second card. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, put simply, once a split-second card is on the stack, almost nothing else can go on in the stack yeah. until it resolves. Yeah. They're really good to, like we mentioned before about combos, it's really good to stop combos and just interrupt everything. All right. So, this has been a very concise, hopefully, and... A uh, quick overview of the stack and priority. Hopefully this has been educational for you. Uh, we didn't want to go too long on this one. We wanted to make sure that we said what needed to be said and nothing more. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be examples down the road of the filthy, dirty ways that you can manipulate the stack. But oh, just yeah. know that this is basically how it functions. Yeah, this is the the simplistic version. But if you can remember these basics, then you should be able to get by pretty well. All right, guys, as always, we like to tell you, don't drink and drive. Don't drink underage. At least don't tell me about it. We want everybody to be safe. We want everybody to, you know, follow the law, be legal, have fun playing this great game. We're glad you came to listen. Shoot us a shoot us a comment or a like or whatever you want. Let us that. know what strange brews you've been mixing. Yeah, if you have any mixed 
beer combination. Yeah, if you're an adventurous drinker. Yeah. Like, don't tell us about the bad ones because oh, yeah. I'm sure that somebody else has already told us. Yeah, we could easily do that, but we yeah, want to know the good We could mix PBR ones. with a good beer. And we, we just, <laughs> sorry. It'd be even We could better. mix Miller Lite with a good beer good and just throw our money 40s. down the drain. Let's not. Samuel Smith, you guys continue to impress me. Uh, even with beers you didn't even exactly make. <laughs> so keep on doing what you I, do. I honestly think I agree, though. I think I'd go chocolate stout mixed, then the raspberry, but they're all really, really good. Yeah, this is... It's not necessarily been eye-opening because, like I said, I've got a, a friend over there who has been mixing beers for me and opening my eyes and introducing me to the possibilities. So thanks, Trevor, over at Tap and Phil. We really appreciate that. Uh, and Garyan as well, because you have decided to, let's not necessarily say improve upon, but enhance your own alcohols in your own way. You got your scotchy figs or your yeah. figgy scotch, depending <laughs> on which way you want to want to spin that. And that was pretty good. The scotchy figs weren't as good as the figgy scotch. I don't know if I agree with that. I liked the, the scotchy figs. They were harsh. Uh, I don't think I liked either of them. <laughs> TBH. I mean, the figgy scotch. I like figs. I don't no, like no. scotch. I don't think I liked. Well, either way, I enjoyed it. So, Garyan, with the inspiration for the episode here. So, as we always like to say on this podcast, guys, have fun, but not too much. <laughs>